Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. This show is written, produced, and engineered in Huchin, occupied Ohlone Territory, a.k.a. the East Bay area. On tonight's show, we will be speaking with some organizations providing services to our local East Bay community, including the Women's Cancer Resource Center, the Plymouth Church of Jazz and Justice, and the Eden Council for Hope Opportunity Housing, ECHO. We also want to remind the listeners out there that the First Voice Apprenticeship Program is accepting applications for our new spring cohort, Group 45. You can learn more at kpfaapprentice.org. All that tonight on Full Circle. We're your hosts, Ario Moshirian and Galobi Hamishe. And Mari Nakagawa. Keep it locked. Again, welcome to Full Circle. We are your hosts this evening. Mari Nakagawa. And Ario Moshirian. And tonight we'll be speaking with a few organizations that are providing vital resources to our East Bay communities. We're joined in our KPFA studios by Cassandra Falbi. She's the program director of the Women's Cancer Resource Center. We're also joined by David Sturdident. Um, he's the music director from the Plymouth Church of Jazz and Justice. And Delia Pedrosa from the Eden Council for Hope and Opportunity Housing. And we're going to kick off things tonight with the Women's Cancer Resource Center. So Cassandra, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And can you give us... Um, an overview of the Women's Cancer Resource Center, who you serve, and what services you provide. Absolutely. Well, the Women's Cancer Resource Center, we've been around for over 30 years in the East Bay, and we provide support and services and provide just community for women who've had a cancer diagnosis. In addition, we provide support to the people who love those women as well. And what kind of support do you offer? I know there's such a vast um, yes. wealth of programs, you know, like, so if you could just give us an overview so people get an idea. Sure. Uh, we have a variety of programs. Those include our information and referral helpline. The information referral helpline is a number that anyone in the community can call to just kind of secure resources, have questions answered. We also have support groups that support women and others who have a cancer diagnosis just so they don't have to feel alone in their experience. Uh, we also have patient navigation. So if there's a client, a woman in the community who perhaps doesn't feel comfortable attending a medical appointment alone, one of our patient navigators can attend the appointment with her and provide that emotional support, which is definitely valued. Um, and one of our other core programs is our community wellness workshops. We have those, and those domains are related to food wellness, movement, as well as just overall um, creative support. Wow. That's a, that's a big deal um, from the experiences of I, I've had with people that go get diagnoses, um, having someone there because doctors really can freak you out. And that is a huge component. So, wow, that's that's an amazing service. I also was curious, 
what are your thoughts on um, the kind of alternative approaches there are that kind of strays away from the Western allopathic traditional approach? Um, what kind of services do you offer? We do have to. First, I should mention that we, you know, we support folks in any way they want to have their cancer journey. So, if they want to kind of just kind of be part of the Western um, medical path, that's fine. We support that. If folks want to try holistic and alternative treatments or integrative medicine, and they want to kind of be a part of that path, we support them. It's really client focused. Mm-hmm. In terms of supporting um, kind of alternative treatments, we do have a support group called the Holistic Integrative and Alternative Medicine Support Group. And that's a support group that really provides a space for women to talk about alternative therapies. Um, And sometimes they have guest speakers who come in. So it's a really nice, open, welcoming space for folks to have those discussions amongst other women who have a cancer diagnosis. And um, of course... As you said, um, you focus, um, it's centered around women who have a cancer diagnosis, but you also offer services to all other people who are a part of their life. And to me, everything you've described so far, it's such a holistic and whole person, like whole community approach. I'm wondering if you could talk about the history of the center and how you all arrived at this sort of um, approach. Certainly. So, as I said before, we've been around for over 30 years, and we started the, many years ago mm-hmm. actually as a, um, an answering machine, if anyone can remember those. Um, and it's just a, it was a Jackie Winnow who had a cancer diagnosis at that time and realized that there just weren't any services for women who needed deeper levels of support to build community. So with that, she, um, they set up a, an answering machine and that allowed women in the community to call in and to be able to leave questions, to be able to connect, to be able to, to form communities that are so important when you're dealing with and trying to manage um, living with cancer. So that is kind of the seed, and then that has grown into programs. So it kind of started as, a, as, a, as an answering machine, and it's grown to support group um, support groups. It's you know, it's it's having the information and referral helpline. It's providing. Um, we have cooking clubs as well, where people can really engage with food health and food wellness practices. We have um, an ABC Soul Line Dance. So it's it's really across the board. And it's I mean, I when I think about how the organization has grown, it's all been in support of the people who we love and care about in our community who are uh, living with cancer and just trying to live their best lives. Um, I'm wondering if you'd talk about just a program or two programs in particular that are favorites of yours that you think are really unique um, in the compared to the usual the general landscape of services maybe other organizations might provide. So I would say that one of the programs um, I'd mentioned this previously is our information and referral helpline. Well, why that program is unique is one, it's a helpline where. Anyone in the community can call in to receive support and ask questions and receive feedback. But our volunteers who staff that helpline also will call out and contact folks who just want to receive a call. And it's nice folks to receive a a call just to check in to see how they're doing. It's not somebody who wants anything. It's not someone calling to pay a bill. It's just really about the client's needs and just to check in to see what's going on in their lives and to see how we can their wellness. 
So that's one program, the Information Referral Helpline. Um, also within the Community Wellness Program, our cooking classes are really phenomenal. So we have um, instructors who really engage with food as wellness. And that it's nice because the folks who attend that are able to connect with each other, ask honest questions regarding how what they eat can support their health and support their bodies. You know, I was actually wondering, too, um, as far as any alternative approaches like um, using cannabis oil and things of that sort. Have you seen anything change um, since um, the organization began up to now as far as willingness of people to use cannabis and if some of the industrial practices and what they're doing now has affected that have you have you seen anything on your side from your experience with that well i can tell you what i've noticed i think it's allowed people to come out of the shadows do you know what i mean i think that people can actually talk about this people can actually engage with it as a tool for healing where it's not this 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 way of kind of having side conversations or having to have these conversations, you know, with in, in low whispers. It's just being able to, you know, come into our center and ask those questions or to be able to speak with other women or other individuals who have a cancer diagnosis and talk about the different uh, types of, um, of cannabis and how they're using cannabis, whether it's a, a tincture or a topical, but they can have really concrete discussions and it doesn't have to be in these hushed tones. That's the main thing that I've noticed is that when you silence something, then, then information gets stifled. Mm -hmm. But when you are able to open it up, there can be this wonderful, beautiful exchange of information and that is beneficial to everyone. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, because, you know, we're talking about something where it, the stigma of, of it, you know, and you could light up the one that destroys the air for everyone. And it's toxic after you throw it on the ground. It's toxic to your body. But the one that's not toxic to you, there's that huge stigma about it. So that's nice to see that. Um, Can you talk a little bit about um, the communities that you serve and um, like communities that speak languages other than English or, you know, people who sometimes feel um, like it's harder to get services, access services for one reason or another. Can you talk about um, the services you offer? Certainly. So we, just because of our, our, our beginnings or how we, how we started, the organization was started by um, a, a cadre of lesbians, I would say. Um, okay. But just a group of women who really wanted to make a difference in their community. And they happened to be lesbian identified. So from that, we're really looking at how we engage with people who have various identities or intersecting identities. So we really are a place where we want to embrace people because the focus, we want to be able to include and respect people's identities, but that isn't the thing that defines them because we want to support them in terms of their cancer journey. So for example, we do have a Latina services program. We have a social group as well as a support group, and both of those are offered in Spanish. Uh, just because we do have individuals who their first language is Spanish and they're able to uh, best communicate what their needs are. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's nicer to not have to do that ideally through um, through a machine, right? You can speak to someone who speaks your language, who understands your culture, and there's absolute value in that. Um, as well, one of our support groups, we have an LBTQIA support group, and that's led by uh, someone from the community. And it's just, again, providing a space where people can land and feel safe and supported. So we welcome really anyone 
because what we really want folks to do, we don't want to, we want to be able to support people in living, living the best that they can and living in the ways that are most healthy for them. That's, that's really our goal in creating community with that. Oh, beautiful. And how can, how can people contribute to the, to the center if they want to get involved or volunteer or whatnot? Great. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So we actually have um, an event coming up on um, Thursday, April 18th. It's called Give Out Day. So WCRC is participating in that. And it's the only national day of giving for the LGBTQ community. And um, you can get that information on our website. As well, uh, one of our biggest fundraisers of the year is our Swim a Mile for Women with Cancer. And that's later on in the year. It's the first weekend in October. And that's October 5th and 6th. And this information, if you go to our website, and that address is wcrc.org, you can find information about those two events, as well as the services we provide, and a lot of other interesting things, too, about who we are. And can people, if they go on that website, wcrc.org, can they sign up for classes and programs through that? Absolutely. They can sign up for classes. They can sign up for workshops. They can learn a little more about the support groups that we offer. Um, and one other thing I would like to mention is we have a very robust volunteer program. So it's, our volunteers are comprised of folks who are cancer survivors, individuals who maybe someone that they love has been impacted by cancer, or just folks in the community who care. Mm -hmm. And there are folks in, out in um, the community, anyone who's listening, can also go to our website and learn about our volunteer program there. But we're really grateful to our volunteers because they provide so much to our clients as well. I was pretty amazed navigating your website, just how many programs there are. There are art groups, a lending library and media room. I'm wondering if you could talk more about that, but also before, um, for people who um, maybe don't have access to the internet, how can they get involved or contact you all? They can also uh, call us. They can actually call our information and referral helpline. And that number is 510-420-7900. Uh, and if they call that number, they can learn more about the services that we could provide. Also, how they're able to um, become involved with the WCRC community. And do you also have, um, can people drop in? Can people just come by the center and, and go to a desk and ask, you know, for services? Absolutely. Folks can show up uh, Monday through Friday are, are the days that we're open, and folks can show up 10 to 4. So we welcome folks to drop by, have a cup of tea, get a tour of the center, um, and just learn a little more about us. We definitely invite anyone who wants to um, visit us to come on by. Great. And the address is? It is 2908 Ellsworth Street. Right, and we're right in, Berkeley. in Berkeley. Yeah, Great. we sure are. Awesome. And quickly, um, we're, we have uh, about a minute left on the Lending Library and Media Room. So we have um, a room that's called the Faith Fancher Media Room. And it is um, in honor of Faith Fancher, the newscaster who passed away um, uh, years ago from breast cancer. And that was also the effort to create this room and the space was supported by the Friends of Faith. And they have been, um, um, they've been historically been wonderful supporters of a fund that we have that is called the Faith Fancher Breast Cancer Emergency Fund. 
And all of these things are tied together with this, this room. And this is a room at first when you walk in our building. It's a room that has a computer set up as well as a lending library. And it's really about people getting and learning and, and just kind of educating themselves. And it provides a welcoming space where they can sit down at a computer. Maybe they don't have access to a computer, so it's, it's a space where they can come to learn and, again, ask questions. Cassandra, thank you so much for all that information. Um, I'll say I myself have actually never been to the Women's Cancer Resource Center, but I really, um, after just looking at your website, it seems like, um, you know, I spend a lot of time looking for services just online and reading about things, but it seems like a, like a, a concrete place that just being there um, sounds like being part of like a larger community. Definitely, and we welcome... Anyone to stop by, you, Mari, anyone to come by and get a tour, um, but just to be a part of the larger community because we're really here to serve the community and serve the clients, and uh, we really want to be part of making a dif difference, especially in uh, when times are challenging and difficult. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And again, you've been listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. We're your hosts tonight, Mari Nakagawa. Arya Mushiria. And we've been speaking with Cassandra Falbi. She's program director of the Women's Cancer Resource Center, again, located right here in Berkeley, 2908 Ellsworth Street. And we're going to take a short music break. And when we come back, we'll hear from another community organization, this time from Oakland. It's the Plymouth Church of Jazz and Justice. Stay with us. One, two, three,
Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. We are your hosts, Aria. And Mari Nakagawa. You were just listening to Tara Odabi and Rhonda Benin performing alongside our next guest, David Sturdivant, at the Plymouth Church of Jazz and Justice. And tonight, in honor of our Full Circle listening community, we are focusing on organizations that serve these communities and joining us in our KPFA studios for this full circle open house special. We've been speaking previously with Cassandra Falbi. She's the program director of the Women's Cancer Resource Center. We're also joined by Delia Pedrosa from the Eden Council for Hope and Opportunity Housing. And of course, David Sturdivant, who we just missed in that previous clip. He plays harmonica at one point, and we couldn't get the the break lasted. Uh, we couldn't get there, so he might, but he just showed us he has a little harmonica on his necklace, so we might ask you to bust out a tune coming up. Um, but each one of your organizations has been serving um, our East Bay communities, doing work spans decades, and we were wondering if you could talk about the hurdles your organizations have faced over the years and how um, you've had to change as a result of that. And maybe, David, you could start. Yeah, well, um, being a church is a, a hurdle in itself. Um, and um, many, many churches in the Bay Area and everywhere really um, have been suffering from a loss of attendance and um, and a lot of times for good reasons. <laughs> And so um, it has been, you know, uh, part of our mission to, you know, get people to feel comfortable coming back and um, seeing what they can do to um, participate in things other than just simply going to church as a service. And we have several programs that um, encompass that train of thought. And I guess that kind of leads us into just asking about the name of... The Plymouth Church, it's the Church of Jazz and Justice. Can you talk about those two things <laughs> and <laughs> how they come together at the church, why they're connected? Well, first of all, justice is like one of our main focuses and always has always been. And uh, jazz, of course, is because um, some of the uh, musicians that I've been able to bring in over the years uh, are well-known jazz musicians. And it's also like the concept of like not everything being um, laid in stone and uh, that improvisation is uh, part of the uh, approach that we take to a lot of the things. And that's, of course, one of the main ingredients if, uh, in jazz. <clears throat> we do have also... Um, a Monday night jazz program there uh, twice a month that uh, has um, been a big hit, you know, with uh, just more or less um, grassroots word of mouth um, publicity. And um, we get a really nice crowd there. We have some of the greatest musicians on the planet playing there on a regular basis for a affordable cover charge of $10 that goes mm -hmm. to the musicians. And we don't sell anything. We have a BYO thing as well. And we have several other um, programs that I'll talk about later. Um, yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, I'm sure, I, I guess that question I just add, asked mm -hmm. kind of led into talking about the church. But I'm wondering if um, I could pose that, uh, Cassandra, to you also about the hurdles <laughs> of, of being 
um, either a nonprofit or just a, an organization that serves a community in the, the struggles over the years. So as far as um, WCRC, the Women's Cancer Resource Center, a lot, all of our funding, uh, the majority of it comes from, we're not a business, right? Because we're a nonprofit. So we're not, we don't have a product that, so we're not having, that's not part of, of kind of our exchange with the community. For us, we receive um, funding, it's through individuals, through grants. So th because individuals are the largest portion of who funds us, it's really about creating that sense of community. And when there are, there are issues with um, housing, issues with people losing their homes, issues with people not being able to have um, jobs or have secure employment, they're not able to um, perhaps donate in the ways that they have. And that impacts nonprofit organizations who really rely on individual donors. Mm -hmm. Delia? Well, I can say that um, I haven't been, um, you know, um, with Echo Housing for you know, for a good time to really kind of go through the, you know, um, kind of like roadblocks when it comes to some sort of obstacles in our community, having access to these services. But I did experience this one time, just the beginning of this year. And, um, you know, for a while, like, I, you know, thought that if, you know, should we face a... Um, you know, due to the shutdown, uh, for a while, you know, we were kind of thinking, well, maybe, you know, our doors may have to be shut. So I kind of felt that that was going to have a very serious impact with the residents that I service out in Antioch. And I was very concerned because I noticed that right after November is like we um, had like the rent control. And I knew uh, many homeowners, many tenants or residents that uh, were counting on that rent control. It didn't go through. But then uh, after that, you know, the elections is was that the calls that I would get, um, it was calls where tenants were now getting more notices about termination of the lease. And we saw more of that, at least I saw more of that in my area. And I kind of felt that it's those sort of kind of, um, uh, how would I say it? Um, uh, you know, when, it, when things affect our community, that'll affect our services as well. Mm -hmm. And saying that, um, having said that, you know, again, I felt that, you know, our residents were going to be, you know, pretty much hurt by that, or they were because they were already getting, you know, notices about, you know, termination of the lease. So, um, but that's one, that's one that item that I experienced yeah. just in this one time being with Echo. But other than that, I think that, you know, I mean, Echo's been around for a long time, so I can see that it has a very good uh, frame and a good foundation that it's pretty much survived all these years. Mm -hmm. And the need for each one of your mm -hmm. organizations is so incredible in each community. And if, you know, the heart and soul of the organization is the community, then some way, often they'll find a way to mm -hmm. keep going. Um, so that was the voice of Delia mm -hmm. we just heard from Echo Housing. And we'll be speaking with her in the next segment. Um, but right now, David, um, if you could talk a little bit more about um, the services provided by Plymouth Church of Jazz and Justice. Um, and how folks can get involved with this community. Certainly. Um, you can just show up. 
<laughs> Where? And, uh, <laughs> it's at uh, 424 Monte Vista on the corner of Oakland Avenue. And we have a parking lot there, and it's um, a beautiful facility with great acoustics. And <clears throat> one of the things that um, some people who actually don't um, come to services uh, the, the Sunday morning but um, participate in is we have a program called Fog, Food of God. Um, and we cook food and take it to um, a, a location across from the Greyhound bus station every Thursday. And we make really good, healthy food, uh, no sugar um, products and uh, no meat, but really good you know, soup and rice and beans and salads. And uh, it is a very, very appreciated thing. And anybody can help. We um participate in that it's a it's a lot of work um even though it's just once a week there's a lot involved with it and um i also participate in picking up food um we get donations from places like uh, whole foods and we were a little bit nervous when um they were taken over by amazon like is that mm. going to keep happening but actually it has kept happening and it's a, a very there'd be an uproar <laughs> yeah i mean and they've been very very good about it and um, uh we also get uh, things from a place like star market which is um a very upscale um uh store that donates some really great products uh that we uh, use and if we get things that uh, we can't actually use all in our feeding program. We take them to places like a women's shelter that um, are always um, you know, welcome to uh, donations like that. And, and it's great because it's all high-quality food. And also the core of the basic food products like the rice and beans and everything we get from the Alameda County Food Bank. And are there certain hours that people can access the food, the meal program? Yes. Um, it's all on Thursday starting, um, well, we pick up starting at 9 o'clock on Thursdays, like at the Whole Foods. And, um, but uh, we, the cooking starts right around that same time, so Thursday mornings. And then we, we also need people to transport it down to the site. And so um, uh, there are people who, as I say, aren't even part of the Plymouth congregation that volunteer to, you know, in that uh, aspect of it. And it's, it, it's, um, it just feels good. And the, the people uh, that, that are there to receive the food are so appreciative. And uh, it's really um, great. I mean, you know, there's so much that needs to be done with all the homeless uh, situations in, in here and, and, and so many other places. And we just feel like, well, um, we can do something to make some people benefit from it, at least even if it's only one day a week. You know? So what are the general days and hours um, if someone wanted to, to drop on in for services? or? Well, we have a regular Sunday uh, service at 11 a.m., and... Also, uh, being the music director, I uh, invite people to come and sing with the choir. You, there's no auditions. You can just come. and There's just people, like, you know, really want to sing, and that there's so not so many outlets for that um, that make people feel comfortable. And with this has been a, a thing where somebody that, you know, can... Uh, that only sings in the shower can put themselves in a section, you know, if you're an alto and in between in the alto group and, like, even if you're not that confident, there's something about being with a group of people who know what they're doing that makes it much uh, easier. And so people can come at 10 a.m. 
or uh, we we on, on Sunday mornings, or we have um, rehearsals most Wednesdays at seven o'clock. Uh, also, and everyone's welcome to be part of that. Can you give us also a, a phone number or website too? <laughs> yeah, uh, the phone number there is five one zero eight six seven five two one zero five two zero zero, and um, the website is Plymouth. Oakland.org. Thanks so much, David. And I loved what you said earlier with regards to community and how you can be a part of it. Just show up. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> we all, sounds like a good plan across the board. Just show up. Yeah. We also have a um, ministerial Latino, or it's a LGBT um, group that uh, meets there, and um, it's. Um, largely in Spanish and it's a wonderful program that there are very few things like it um, around. And I also saw just um, doing some Mm. research about the church a lot most of your leadership is made up of women Mm. is that true? It is true yeah yeah our our main pastor Reverend Marjorie Matthews is like a fantastic African-American woman who has tons of experience she uh, co-founded a charter school in West Oakland and um, she's just somebody that everybody loves her, and she seems like she loves everyone too. And I know she does. She's just like a marvelous speaker. We have a uh, um, associate pastor um, that um, unfortunately has to move um, away up to Oregon, but um, Rachel um, Koska has been an, another awesome aspect of uh, the, the ministry there. And we have several other um, people that participate in that as well. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, we've been speaking with David Sturdivant from the Plymouth Church of Jazz and Justice. Um, thank you so much, David, for joining us. We're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we'll speak with Delia Pedrosa of the Eden Council for Hope and Opportunity Housing, also known as Echo Housing. Stay with us. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. We're your hosts tonight, Mari Nakagawa and... Ariel Moshiria. 
and we were just listening to No Sympathy by the legendary Peter Tosh. Yeah. Tonight, we're handing off the mic to some of the local East Bay organizations providing vital services to our communities. Tonight, we've spoken with Cassandra Fauby, the program director of the Women's Cancer Resource Center, and David Sturdivant, the music director from the Plymouth Church of Jazz and Justice. And up next, we'll turn to housing and tenants and even landlord rights. Mm -hmm. To learn more about our rights as tenants or landlords, we have representative from Eden Council of Hope and Opportunity, also known as ECHO Housing. ECHO is committed to ending discrimination in housing by providing counseling, investigation, mediation, enforcement, and education. Joining us and representing ECHO tonight is Delia Pedrosa. Delia is a fair housing and tenant landlord counselor, as well as a certified mediator. Thanks for joining us, Delia. Thank you for having me. And it is a great pleasure to be here and also to be representing ECHO. Great. And can you give us a, a little overview of ECHO? <clears throat> what it is that you do for the community throughout the Bay Area and the neighboring areas. Okay, well, um, my role in as a fair housing counselor and tenant landlord is first I'll begin with a fair housing program. I help uh, investigate fair housing discrimination, and I also help coordinate site investigations, you know, to enforce those reports. And in the uh, tenant landlord, we provide um, counseling through, you know, either one-on-one -on -one or telephone, through the telephone and provide um, information about their rights. Um, we use the California Tenant uh, Law book. Uh, we also cite um, certain state and federal laws pertaining to that one issue. And you have offices throughout the Bay Area. Can you talk about where you're located? Yes. Yeah, so Echo Housing has offices in Monterey, uh, Oakland, Hayward, Livermore, and Antioch in Contra Costa County. And that is my jurisdiction. The only one... Uh, area we do not service as far as for Contra Costa would be Pittsburgh and for Alameda it would be Berkeley. And I, I imagine um, maybe as of late this last few years have you noticed any kind of uptick with regards to this presidency and um, any kind of evictions or you know people maybe being discriminated against living somewhere because of you know their ethnicity? Well we do um we do get complaints where, um, for instance, I had a call about two weeks ago. Um, there was a tenant that, you know, wanted to rent this place. And um, he got called. When he showed up, it was a different story. And he felt he was being discriminated based on his color. On the tenant landlord side, we, uh, I was kind of experiencing... Um, a situation where uh, landlord uh, tenants would call saying, well, I asked for repairs and now I got a termination of lease. And, you know, when we try to connect with the landlord to kind of build up a, to kind of build a communication to, you know, find ways to, uh, you know, um, bring a resolution by having both sites. Uh, I noticed that, um, you know, on the landlord side, it was more like, well, you know, I can do whatever I want. There's no law in California that, um, you know, that doesn't prevent me by either keep raising the rent or uh, giving a, you know, termination of, of the lease and not giving a reason why. So uh, I did kind of feel that they were a little bit, you know, pretty, you know, standing firm on that. 
It's so um, interesting <laughs> when it comes to housing. I think it's such a um, an interesting issue because you know, on the one hand, private property in the U.S. is elevated as like you know the most basic right, and then rights like housing. Um, that intersect with someone else's private property are then maybe devalued. And I'm wondering how you navigate these two parties that are both believe that they have human rights that are kind of being infringed on by the other party and how you find common ground. Right. And that's where our trained counselors come, trained counselors that are certified as mediators. So we will... Um, you know, try to get both sides and we will, um, you know, kind of trigger a discussion to, you know, make sure that both sides can have an opportunity to, uh, you know, have their own story set and also, you know, find ways where we can find a resolution to, you know, get somewhere. And what are sort of the most common um, issues that, on the one hand, tenants and then on the other, landlords come to you with, just so people can maybe imagine, um, see themselves in having some of those situations and, and maybe reaching out to ECHO for help? Right. So in the areas that our um, counselors are very well versed is in um, repairs when it comes to asking for repairs, uh, security deposits, um, termination of the lease, rent increase, and other issues that arise. Mm -hmm. I know that's a big issue. It's I've definitely experienced it where um, you have a landlord that um, keeps your rent low because you never complain about anything, but you have mold and leaks and like cracks everywhere and your house is essentially falling apart, but you're just barely hanging on and like, right. I can't have my rent go up. How, um, and, and you take like issues like that, like rent, exactly. um, or, sorry, maintenance. Exactly. And it's unfortunate that that is the case. Yeah. And, um, you know, intakes that I complete, um, they have that fear that if they move forward to have their repairs, uh, you know, done, they fear that something's going to happen. They're either going to be harassed or the landlord's going to turn around and possibly, again, raise their rent or terminate their lease. And yeah, that is a fear that I, that tenants do tell me that they, they have. So sometimes I could be on the phone and, you know, I'm, you know, I'll ask them, what would you like for Echo to do? And, you know, they'll kind of like say, well, it's like, I really want this done. I, I can't live another day under mold. You know, my kids are here. They're only smelling it. Or, you know, the, my bathroom is so full of black toxic mold and I don't want to bathe my kids there. But I don't want to call. What can I do? So then that kind of puts me where, oh, my God, what am I going to, you know, do? But, um I can't tell them what to do, and I certainly cannot uh, advise them. Uh, but, you know, all I can do is just listen and make sure that whatever they instruct me to do, I can help them get that, you know, that message passed, passed on to the to the landlord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Diane. Mm -hmm. Can you just, uh, for the listeners, uh, give a little information as far as numbers or websites, how to come in contact with Echo? Yeah, so, um, again, so Echo has... Um, 
you know, a few offices in Hayward, Livermore, Antioch, Oakland, and Monterey. And they can also follow us on Facebook. And our website is echofairhousing.org. And if, um, also, I wanted to add that um, if anyone has, uh, you know, experience or has been a witness to fair housing discrimination, we encourage to call us. And that number would be 855-ASK-ECHO. And all that information will be in our show notes on our website mm-hmm. at kpfaapprentice.org. Mm-hmm. And um, Delio, we know like working with tenants and landlords or being either one of those is really stressful. Um, what personally motivated you to work for an organization like Echo Housing? Right. Well, um, I think it was more on the tenant landlord because I'm a tenant as well. And... Um, I was doing volunteer work at the Rivertown Resource Center, and a few years back, we were also, um, we rallied up a few families to combat the foreclosure, and in that one group, we were all learning about, you know, our uh, documents, mortgage documents, but at the same time, I became a tenant, and I became to understand, you know, what tenants, uh, you know, were going through, because me as a homeowner, I went through that as well. So that kind of, uh, you know, prompt me to be more active. And I did some volunteer work with some organizations to, you know, kind of be out there and be active, active and just provide or share my knowledge and my experience with, with residents. Um, you know, and my, and the reason is the reason why I, feel passionate about working for Echo Housing. It's because they have the the very same vision that, you know, um, about just delivering to the underserved population and pretty much being a voice for those that, you know, have fear of speaking up or for some reason they just don't have the support. And I am, you know, proud to be working for Echo because they give me that background and the framework that I can feel confident of what I can deliver to our community. I'm wondering if you could comment on how um, these uh, propositions or measures passed or failed in the past midterm election have impacted your work. At Echo. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, right after that, yeah. you know, we were getting uh, at least my calls, um, you know, in just connecting with the landlord, well, they would say that, well, in California, I can, you know, terminate the lease and I don't have to give any reason. And that's true. <laughs> and they also said, you know, well, I can raise the rent, you know, as much as I want, as long as I give the notice. And that's true as well. But they were just a little bit feisty. And I noticed that now, okay, they're a little bit, you know, um, a little bit more, you know, understanding. But um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I experienced. And also, you know, tenants that I would speak to, they were a little bit disappointed that they didn't have um, any security or they didn't have um, a program or a law that can prevent um, retaliation can prevent, you know, um, a, a good cause for eviction, but that would be implemented and it can be solid for them. So they were a little bit disappointed and you can hear it on their voice. And is there any kind of like um, time frame or anything like that or for how long it would take someone that say facing eviction or something like that to come in contact with Echo? Like, is there a certain... Uh, amount of time that you need in order for you to, you know, get the counselors that you need ready and provide the services? 
where you wouldn't do, be able to do anything? Well, we encourage them to contact ECHO as soon as they get the notice because we can, you know, we can be involved. But once there is an unlawful detainer, then, you know, that already ends up in court. So they would need legal representation. So we highly encourage them to call as soon as they get the notice. Okay, great. So, yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, next go to uh, music. Yeah, well, we've been speaking with Delia Pedrosa from ECHO Housing, and that stands for Eden Council for Hope and Opportunity Housing. And Delia, one more time, how can listeners and listeners who also don't have access to the Internet connect with you folks at ECHO Housing? So they can contact, at eight, they can contact us at 855-ASK-ECHO. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here on Full Circle. You're welcome. And we're nearing the end of our time tonight, and I wanted to bring it back to the panel. We're joined with representatives from the Women's um, Cancer Resource Center, the Plymouth Church of Jazz and Justice, and, of course, Echo Housing. If anybody has any closing comments or resources they wanted to share. I just wanted to say that we also have a, a partnership with Hoover Elementary School in West Oakland, and they, um, and this is David Sturdivant from Plymouth uh, yeah. Church. And um, we do um, uh, reading with them and mentoring. And we also, uh, every year, we donate coats and backpacks to the students. And uh, all the p- people of our parish, uh, our um, congregation, uh, participate in that and we also have started a community garden there that has been a huge success and the kids get a lot out of it and you really said so it has really made some miraculous um, uh, progress with some kids that um, are uh, hard to inspire let's just say and we also have a, a, a program for seniors every Tuesday morning um, that's called the front porch, and um, my life partner Yofi uh, teaches yoga there, and it's free. Anybody can come, and it's the kind of yoga that everybody can do. You don't even have to have a mat because everything is standing, or even part of it is sitting. And it's for uh, it's focused on seniors, but everyone, anyone can come to that. Just show up. I myself identify as a teenager, but I still come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any closing statements? I just wanted to say that, um, so yeah, so we invite listeners to go on to the echofairhousing.org and look and click on events. This way they can see where Echo is going to be in that day or week. And also we're going to be having a uh, tester training in Antioch on Thursday, March 21st. So whoever's interested to help us uncover fair housing discrimination, they can just, you know, call us and if they want an application sent to them. We can do that. And that was Delia Pedrosa with mm-hmm. Echo Housing. And Cassandra, anything, any final words? Yes, um, just in closing, I'd like to um, remind folks that we are in Berkeley and also that all of the services that we provide are free. So there's absolutely no cost to anyone who wants to engage with our services. As well, I would like to mention uh, we do have a sister-to-sister program that supports women of African descent who have a cancer diagnosis. And it's a fabulous, supportive program with beautiful people. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, everyone. And before we close, uh, we want to let y'all know that this program, Full Circle, is a product of the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program. And we're accepting applications for our spring cohort, Group 45. The First Voice Apprenticeship Program is a roughly 18-month training program that is ran at the KPFA radio station right here in Berkeley. 
In the program, you are taught the foundation skills in uh, digital editing and mixing as well as engineering and hosting a live show such as what we're doing right here now. If you're interested in becoming part of the KPFA of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program and would like an application, you can get one a number of ways. So you can, first of all, call the apprenticeship office and we can mail you one. The number to call is 510-848-6767, extension 235. You can also just call if you have any questions, you want to talk with one of us. Someone in the program will usually be in there and we'll pick up the phone and help you out. And you can also go online to our website, kpfaapprentice.org, and there you can download the application. Or you can also stop by KPFA during regular business hours and pick one up. And again, the number to call if you'd like an application uh, mailed to you is 510-848-6767, extension 235, or online at kpfaapprentice.org. So please, if you're interested, if you know anyone interested, pass on this information. Aria and I, we are co-hosting right now. We have both, we're nearing the end of the program, but we've gone through this training program and are now co-producing the show together. And you get a sense of community here. You get some lifelong friendships that you're going to make here. And uh, someone like me, I don't know how to do any of this stuff, and now I'm doing it. So, and then, you know, Mario, you were pretty dope already when you came in, but no. you're even nicer now. So, <laughs> even if you have skills, you can get more skills. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? It's building community through radio. Yeah. And I was actually thinking about that harmonica. Or, or, oh, yeah. Can, can we, we get a little okay, from can, can David? That, okay, you have to realize. Can we cut that music? This it's like, an inch one long <laughs> and maybe a third of an inch wide. Uh. I just have to emphasize that that harmonica is probably the size of a half of your pinky. <laughs> it's on a little necklace on David's neck. So if that's just a little preview of what you can get if you visit Plymouth Church, <laughs> Jazz and Justice. Uh. <laughs> and with that... We're nearing the end of tonight's show. Uh, please check out kpfaapprentice.org for photos, information on tonight's show, and links to the organizations that you heard. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Frank Sterling. Joy Moore is our production consultant. We have been your hosts this evening, Ardio Moshirion and Relavi Hamishé. And Mari Nakagawa. My name is not quite as long. <laughs> <laughs> on the board... Sharon Peterson, thank you, G43, Dry Lawn Soul Rising, and our tech assistants are from Group 44, Audacity, Eric. Stay tuned now for La Onda Baita.